Everyone who knows me knows that my dogs are never short on outfits. I buy leashes and collars like some people buy shoes and handbags. And my favorite collar is Iggy's custom-made Paco collar. Paco collars are 100% handmade from scratch by an amazing staff of artists, and the quality really is unparalleled. My dogs can't have collars that don't withstand wear and tear. They hike, they swim, they roll on dead stuff. These collars are guaranteed to last a lifetime, and they're designed to be worn by active dogs like mine. Iggy's collar is perfect for her. It's got purple stones, stars, and a beautiful design. There are literally thousands of design options to choose from, but don't worry. The staff at Paco loves helping customers pick out the best collar for their pets. That's exactly what they did when I went to their booth with Iggy. And they make stuff for humans too, so get over to pacocollars.com and buy the best collar you've ever had, and don't forget to enter promo code COGDOG for free shipping. Dog People of the Internet, Worked Up Camp is happening. You can get all of the information for it over on the Worked Up Camp event page on Facebook. So just search Worked Up Camp on Facebook. Um, you can also find it on the Cognitive Canine Facebook page. And you have to click either going or interested, and then you're going to get all of the updates that are posted to that page. What you need to know right now is that registration applications open April 15th. I'm only going to take those applications for a 10-day period, and then I'm going to let people know who is in as far as working spots go. So you've got to get your application filled out and sent over to me between April 15th and April 25th. So if you get the application in during that time, you'll be considered to have a working spot. But in order to get that application, you've got to get over to that event page and join it so that you can get all of those updates. And I hope to see your application soon. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. All right, first thing we need to talk about is worked up camp. Um, The applications are open until the 25th. This podcast is coming out on the 24th. And so what that means is that the applications will close at midnight Pacific time on the 25th. You can get that application on my Cognitive Canine Facebook page, on Cog Dog Radio's Facebook page, as well as the Worked Up Camp event page, which you should definitely join if you're at all interested in coming because all of the pertinent information will be shared there. I'm also going to be doing a Facebook Live tomorrow night. Uh, that's going to be on the Cognitive Canine Facebook page. I'm not totally positive what time because I've got a lot of air travel going on tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be coming to you from Connecticut, so should be around 7 p.m. East Coast time. Might be more like 8 East Coast time, um, but I'll go ahead and let you know over on the Cognitive Canine page when I do know what time. And that live event is just going to be talking about some more details that have come out about the camp um, and, you know, help you guys really understand what the camp is about, just in case you were thinking about applying, but you haven't done so yet. And as usual, um, if you join the event page, 
those details that are will be available in the live will be posted there so you don't actually have to watch the Facebook live if you would prefer not to. And again, that uh, Facebook live will be on the Cognitive Canine Facebook page. So here's what I want to talk about today on the podcast. I want to talk about priorities, specifically shifting priorities. Um, Priorities change all the time. And my priorities in my dog training, as well as just my general dog care, have shifted over the past, you know, five years or so. Um, When I got Iggy, Iggy is um, nine and a half, she'll be 10 in November. And when I got her, so almost a decade ago, my highest priority really was, um, agility competition. Now, of course I wanted her to be my pet and companion because my dogs always are. Um, but I sought her out with agility in mind very much. So my only other really big life requirement for her was that she was able to get along with Kelso, my other dog and getting along with Kelso is not always easy for dogs to do. So I had some um, temperamental qualities that I was specifically looking for when I sought her out. But all of her early training really had to do with preparing her for being my sport dog and my sport companion. Um, We did attend group classes, um, but we did a lot of agility training. And in the first two years of her life, the most training that she received, um, and probably the most interaction with me directly was probably agility training related. Um, I was working a ton. I was working, you know, on average 12, 13 hours a day, and then I would train her after. And so, you know, that was kind of what was going on, and I was still competing with my other dog on the weekends, so she would also get dragged along to weekend competitions. And that was pretty much her early life. And guess what? She's a phenomenal sport dog. She's an amazing agility dog. I could not ask for a better competition companion. She's incredible. Um, She does deal well with competition environments. She tolerates other dogs in those environments really nicely. But there are definitely some deficits that... um, are more important to me now. So one of them is that it took her a long time to be comfortable. And I would still say she's not totally comfortable with um, novel dog encounters out and about in the world. So we've all, you know, we all know that story of you're walking your dogs, minding your own business. And all of a sudden you hear he's friendly, you know, being shouted across the field as you see this, um, you know, dog running across the field towards you. And that moment is still really scary for Iggy. She doesn't like that moment. And I can relate that back to some specific experiences. And I can really relate that back to my feelings about that moment and the way that I've responded in that moment as well. And so she's still pretty bothered by novel dogs um, approaching us out on hikes um, or on walks. She's at a really good place now where she typically is not aggressive towards those dogs and she is less afraid than she used to be. And that's because of, largely because of my shifting priorities and largely because of the way that I have decided to start dealing with those situations, which is a different way than I used to deal with them. Um, 
I used to yell to the person to call their dog. Now, I very successfully trained Iggy to have a big aggressive response when I yell, call your dog. To this day, there doesn't need to be a dog around. If I yell, call your dog, she will tuck her tail, pin her ears, and scan the horizon. And she's just ready. She's ready to be jumped and she's ready to fight back. And that's really sad that I did that to her. So the I used to yell, call your dog. If they wouldn't call the dog, I would yell it again. Um, I would become aggressive towards their dog. I would whip my leash towards their dog. I might spray their dog with spray shield, which spray shield's a wonderful product. Everybody should hike with spray shield on them. Um, but that's kind of a <laughs> different tangent. And you know, meanwhile, or I would pick up Iggy and I would tuck her under my arm and she'd be snarking from under my arm as I slapped their dog with a leash. You know, I seriously, this is how I used to respond. And I have my reasons for acting that way. Um, and I know I'm not the only person who acts that way, but I know that that did not help her be better. Um, I know that for sure. And what's really cool now is that I've just learned to roll with it. I don't get angry at those people. I don't yell at them. I tell Iggy, we've got this girlfriend. We're going to be okay. And she still might snap at a dog that's being rude, but I'm going to say that every time she does, it's warranted. The dog is actually being rude. And she never hurts them. She never makes contact. Um, we all move on with our lives. Meanwhile, Felix is very friendly. Um, and I'm going to talk about him more as we go, but he also helps her to relax because he will walk up, shake hands with the dog, say, hey, how are you? Yeah, that's my sister back there. She may not want to say hi to you. Do you want to go play over here? And that has really helped her too. So I see how my priorities when she was young may have affected her negatively, may have affected her ability or lack thereof to be my hiking companion or to maybe be around my niece who's a toddler she had literally zero exposure to children as a puppy. Um, and I get pretty nervous with dogs around children because of the line of work I used to be involved in. And so that also affected her. So priorities. Um, she absolutely met every expectation I ever set for her. And she's starting to meet some new ones now. Because now I need her to just be a cool collected hiking companion most of the time. That's mostly what I need from her. We still play sports. Um, but I also need her to be around my niece and be cool with that. Um, go on long road trips, things like that. And she's doing great because dogs tend to adapt to whatever circumstances you put them in. They're really amazing that way as a species. But my priorities have totally changed now. And the way that I've raised Felix really reflects those priorities. My number one priority in raising Felix was for him to be a dog that I could take out on hikes, uh, maybe take camping with friends, things like that, and have him be cool with whatever was thrown at him. Um, new dogs, children, whatever. Really, really high priority for me. And so that's my priority in his training. And it has been in the past two years. He's going to turn three soon. Um, and I think a lot of people would look at his agility training and think, wow, you know, he's just not where I would expect a three-year-old to be. And 
for me, he's exactly where he needs to be because he's the most incredible dog out in the world. Um, he's with me right now in <laughs> my friend's RV because um, he's going to be staying with her when I'm out of town and he's he's just go with the flow. He's very cool with it. Um, and that's not to say that things don't bother him. He definitely has uh, things that will kind of shake his world, rattle his world, like I think most young Border Collies experience, but novelty isn't necessarily one of them. And um, novel social interactions are definitely one of his one of his best um, qualities. He's really, really good at that. And so now my priorities are, I need you to be a great hiking companion. I need you to be off-leash out in the world. I need you to come when I call you and be cool when we encounter people or new dogs on the trail. Because the likelihood is, even if you're hiking in an on-leash required area, you will encounter people with their dogs off-leash. And I can't ever look at Facebook without seeing one of my friends being pissed off about that. And I used to be really pissed off about that. And I'm just not anymore. And the reason I'm not is because I've decided not to be. And my life is so much better now that I don't get that burst of anger. Um, every time I see somebody kind of breaking the rules. Um, and my dogs are better about it too now that I'm that I'm cooler about it. So I want him to be a great hiking companion. I want him to be a great family dog. I don't want him to have to be isolated when I go visit my family. And that includes my three-year-old niece. Um, these are really important things to me. I also need him to be cool hanging out in a crate, um, whether that's in a car or anywhere else. I actually walked him around the trial site last weekend, um, you know, ringside and kind of hung out and let him visit. And he was so cool about all of it. And I'm just, I'm remarking at how he has turned out. Um, and I think that my shifting priorities, because, you know, Iggy still can't really just walk around the trial and hang out. If she's in the trial, she wants to be working and she, that's all she can think about. And I did that. I'm not going to say that this is about anybody's genetics. Um, of course, genetics are always playing a role, but I worked hard on, as we always do, the priorities that were important to me at the time. And so um, the next question that comes up, because I think, you know, people talk about this a lot, especially my breed and Border Collies, which is, can we have it all? Can we have a dog that is a drive-you-fast, amazing sport dog and also a cool-as-a-cucumber life dog? And I think that we can if our priorities are straight. And certainly dogs are going to present different challenges and different things, and we have to respect them for who they are. But our priorities need to be set straight when we're seeking out our puppy, um, and then they need to be set up right the first couple of years of that dog's life. So rather than all sport training all the time, we should really be thinking about providing these young dogs with these novel experiences and these um, kind of organic socialization opportunities. And that stuff is actually so, so important. And I can't tell you how nice it is to have a dog who, you know, when we're hiking and two, you know, rogue Labrador retrievers come running down the trail with no human in sight, he's ready for it. And on the flip side of that same coin, a dog that, you know, can lay next to me 
next to my chair um, at an agility seminar while other dogs are running and just kind of chomp his ball and hang out and know that it's not his turn. You know, it's about priorities once again, and we will train the things that are important to us. And so I think it's really good for all of us to think about what's important and then kind of make a plan for getting there because generally speaking, you know, point A to point B can happen. You know, you can get from where you are to where you want to be. You've just got to do the work that's in between. So I hope this was interesting to you. You can, of course, you know, hop over to the Cogdog Radio Facebook page and have a chat about it. Um, and I will catch you all on my Facebook Live. Thanks for listening to Cogdog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to cogdogradio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the Cogdog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.